Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Friday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambadoro. Burnsy, what's going on? We are not live from the Auction Community Studios no. today. We are instead live from Gila River Casinos, a wild horse pass. Yeah, I just found out that we got a whole blank load of stuff to give away, and it's pretty cool. We do have a whole blank load like, of stuff. Like, and I'll just start this off, you know, if you come down here, you got to be 21 or over. So you do have to be 21 because it is a casino. But if you come down here, they're giving away two tickets in their suite, food and beverage, for Sunday's game. All you have to do is come here, come see us. You get entered in the drawing, and you can win two tickets, food and beverage included, in the suite for Sunday's game. They're also going to do this uh, a giveaway for a... DeAndre Ayton jersey at 3 Mm o'clock and a Devin Booker jersey at 4 o'clock. Free entry. Mm -hmm. It's a free entry. So if you want to get down here and win some Suns gear, get some tickets for the game, have a chance to win some tickets for the game, this is the place to be. It is. uh, And we're going to be here until 6 o'clock. It's a big Suns-themed kind of rally down here at Gila River Casinos. Uh, Coming up at 5 o'clock, Tom Chambers is going to be here. The Gorilla is going to be here. The Suns dance team is going to be here. The Suns crew will We'll be here giving away a bunch of stuff. The restaurant is open now. If you want to come in and hang out, uh, Gambo mentioned the jerseys, the tickets. There's just a whole bunch going on gelato. right here. The, don't forget the gelato. Gambo's so excited don't about this. Don't forget the gelato. The gelato so, so where were you? Just so you know where we are. Yeah. We're, we're at the Gila River Casinos at Wild Horse Pass, the one right off of the 10, um, just south of the 202, right? Just south of the Santan Freeway. Um, we're in, like, the main casino area, but we're on the second floor of the main casino area. And Gambo's just super stoked because there is, in fact, a gelato place right down the hall. I walked and by so it, excited. and I was like, oh, my God, is there really a gelato place there? I'm like, oh, I took a picture. I sent it to Chelsea. I sent it to you. Yeah. I'm hitting that up in a little bit. <laughs> Somewhere Gambo's trainer's like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. So, again, come by and see us. We'll be here until 6. Obviously, a lot of Suns content today, given that the playoffs start on Sunday. Let's not waste any time. Let's tell you what our top story of the day is right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Yeah, Suns, Clippers, game one, five o'clock, Sunday, off we go. 48 plus three, 51 hours away. Yeah. 51 hours away from game one. You know, sitting here watching, got two games tonight. Find out who the final two teams are to get into the playoffs. I'm going to take Minnesota and Miami. I'm going to predict those two. Minnesota, I like Minnesota and, and I like Miami. Miami. Yeah. I've got Miami and OKC. You got OKC? Give me the Thunder. Yeah. Give me the Thunder Shake Dome. down the Thunder. Yeah, let's see what they got tonight. I, I, I believe in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and I don't believe in Minnesota with all the crap that they've got going on up there. So give me Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Look, we've all collectively in the Valley, we've all been on this journey together with this basketball team the last couple of years. This is exciting, right? I mean, we're, we're going into it now, and we're saying, you know, two years ago, I think our expectations were... 
moderate to kind of low. We weren't sure if the Suns had the playoff experience necessary to make a deep run. They we were going to the be finals. We were going to be very happy if they got out of the first round. I think the so. Lakers. Yeah, yeah, and then lost. Then last year it was totally different vibe. It was a 64 win team. It was a franchise record setting team, and they got bounced in the second round. This year, it's different. It's different because of KD. It's different because you've got one of the very best players in the history of the NBA on your roster. Who was it? Was it Terrence Mann? Yesterday, it's like, man, they, they got KD. They got KD. What the hell do you want us to do? <laughs> and you hear the guy laughing in the background, right? Like, they got KD. We don't. But a little bit of humility is required, too. And that is why I really liked, and I know you did, too, an article that we read today on PHNX Sports from Gerald Bourget. They're very good NBA Suns writer. The five things to be worried about with the Suns. All right, let's break them down. The five potential let's, concerns. Let, let's break them down. Number one, we've talked about a lot, but it's yeah. number one for a reason. Did the Suns have enough time to gel? Does it matter? I don't, I, I don't think it matters. Okay. Because I think they have the best team. I think you put them together. I, don't, I think it just, it, it's a love at first sight type of thing. Like, that's it. I'm marrying that girl, and we're going to be together forever. Like, it's just, it's, it's they're too good. They're too good to have the issues that Dallas had with Luka and Kyrie that other teams may have had when you incorporate somebody in. No, they haven't had the, the, the ample amount of time. But in the games that they played together, they're 8 no. Like, I just think they're too good and that they'll figure it out. See, the thing about the thing that I don't worry about, the more and more I think about this, basketball IQ is an, a, such an important thing. KD, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, the basketball IQ on these guys is through the roof. They're smart basketball players. They're really smart. They know how to make the right pass. They know they know how to try, you know pass out of a double team. They they just know how to play. Mm-hmm. So I I'm not. A lot of people are going to look at that as a factor. I truly don't think it is anymore. I'm not as worried about it. I, I, I can't sit here and say it's zero factor for me. I, I, I would admit that I'm a little worried about it. I think KD makes up for a lot of that. Like, they haven't had time to gel. Well, they've also got one of the best players in the history of the game on their roster now, right? Well, he's also Gerald, one of the most adaptable superstars yeah. in the history of the game. In, in the article by Gerald, he says their 117.7 offensive rating with them on the floor. Was the, like, that's the best? Yeah, it's just a second small overall. sample size, right? Second overall. Small sample size. Such small sample size. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, that's, they, they, I can see where people think that's a concern. I don't think it's going to affect them I, that much. I, I'm not as worried about it. I would agree. It, yeah. It's not, I wouldn't put it number one on my list, but I understand for some people why it's been a, we've, we've been calling it all week, the great experiment. It's the great experiment. Well, there's a reason why. Yes. There was a yes. quote, though, from Monty in this part of the article that I loved. Quote, I felt like last year we won a lot. I'm not quite sure we were stressed as much as we've been this year. I think in that stress, you grow. And I thought about that, and I thought that's a really good point. Last year, things came really easy for the Phoenix Suns in their 64-win season. Yeah. Really easy. And when they got punched in the nose against the Pelicans, yeah, they, they wobbled. Back. Right? They wobbled. And then when they got punched in the nose by the Mavs, they wobbled. They couldn't get up. This team has dealt with adversity after adversity after adversity. Number two on the list. This is a concern to me. Yeah. The other guys making threes. Yes, I agree. And and, and by the other guys, we all know who we're talking about. Kogi and Ross and Craig and Shamit and Ish and Warren and Lee. I don't know how many of those guys are going to play. I know this. Encouraging Kogi to shoot a bunch because he's open, that's fine in the middle of February when you're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves on a Tuesday. When you're matched up against the L.A. Clippers in round one of the NBA playoffs, no, keep shooting. You're fine. It's okay 
that you're 0 for 7. You're open. you got to shoot. I don't know how you don't think about that if you're Josh Okoge. You're, right? You don't think about that if you're Torrey yeah, Craig. You would love to force the Suns into late contested corner threes by, by Okoge. That's what you like to do. You could go back. There was a game. Anybody that likes to look stuff up, go back to the last Dallas game when the Suns barely beat Dallas. What did Dallas do? They forced everything to Okoge, and he couldn't make a shot. It got so bad that Monty had to pull him out of the game and put Ish Wainwright in because Okoge was like 0 for 8 or 0 for 9 from three-pointers. Okay, so he had that stress on him because they did a good job of doubling Book when he had the ball, doubling Durant when he had the ball, and that made Okoge have to shoot wide-open threes, and he missed them all. Missed them all. Not one. He didn't make one of them. Yeah. To the point where Monty's like, I got to bench you. And he benched him and he put Ish Wainwright in and Ish, Ish, Ish hit a couple. I just wonder how that pressure, because make no mistake, there's going to be pressure on those guys. They're going to get the most wide open of open looks they've ever seen. How do they respond? <clears throat> Excuse me. How do they respond in that moment? I choked on something there for a second. Number three. Yeah. Chris Paul is a pigeon. And you're saying, what's a pigeon? Well, it's a phrase that I think we've all become familiar with because the Suns are so good at exploiting the guy on the other team that you want to run your offense at, right? Yeah. Think Michael Porter Jr. two years ago when the Suns were playing the Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. We want to go after him. We want him on the matchup. Chris Paul is the pigeon. Is he the guy that's going to get all the switches? It's going to put Chris Paul defending somebody we don't want Chris Paul defending. Yes. That's a big thing. Yeah, but that's when you, you could help. You could go off of somebody and help Chris. Sure. I mean, you can do that. You could trap. You could help. I mean, it's going to be a lot of you know, defensive help and rotations are going to matter. But, yeah, you hunt matchups. That's what the NBA playoffs is all about. You're hunting. And you're hunting a matchup you like. And if you get a matchup on a, a small point guard in Chris Paul, you're going to try to take advantage of that every single time. He's And he used to be a great defensive player. He's not anymore. He's decent, but he's not great anymore. No, he's not. And, and yeah, there's going to be help. And, yeah, the closeouts are going to have to be strong. Because the Clippers are going to go bombs away from three with that roster and the way it's built. Chris Paul may be the saved energy of not always being the initiator of the offense. Maybe there's more energy he can use on the defensive end. We'll see. Number four, something we've talked about all year long, free throw disparity. Clippers are very well poised to take advantage of that. Maybe not like the other team from L.A., but the Clippers, the numbers say they get to the line a lot. They force a lot of fouls. They, they get fouled a lot. That's a potential problem for the Suns. It is. It has been all year. They've found a way to overcome it and win basketball games. So it's, you know, Monty's argued about it, been fined about it. They've all argued about it. You know, they've tried to clean that up a little bit and not foul as much on the defensive end. There's not much you could do about the fact that you're a mid-range jump-shooting team and you don't attack the basket a whole lot. But what they can do is they can work to prevent the fouls on their end when they're on the defensive end. And then number five, real quick, we'll talk about this a little bit more later. The Suns getting complacent with leads. I'm not as worried about that. One, because I don't know if they're going to have a ton of leads, you know, like they did during the it's regular season. It's very true, though. Oh, it's, it is. It's very, I, very true that that was, that, was a, uh, that was their M.O. a little bit. It was. I, I just think they also got a little bored at the end of the regular season, kind of knowing that we were all just counting down to the playoffs. We'll talk about that one more in a little bit. Last chance for you to score the hottest ticket in town. Suns, game one, playoff tickets. Text the word TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify and see the Suns take on the Clippers on Sunday. Again, ticket to 620-620. Who is going to come out of this gauntlet as champion? One of our very favorite writers in the NBA put his thoughts on paper, and you might not like it if you're a Suns fan. That's next, the Burns and Gambo Show.
Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, Troy Lovello set to join us about 15 minutes from right now. Diamondbacks fans, you want to stay tuned for that. They're in Miami. Staying on the Marlins. It's our weekly visit with the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks. In the meantime, let's uh, dot a couple of I's and cross a couple of T's yeah. and let's talk about what John Hollinger wrote today on the Athletic website. Uh, and by that, I mean let's take care of a little bit of business here with some news that came down today about this series. This is Ty Lu, and the coach of the Clippers was asked about Paul George's status for any of the games in the playoffs. Maybe he's being coy. Maybe this is a decoy, but it didn't sound super positive. I'm not a doctor, but I mean, I, I, I really do a little on medical staff because that's the thing. I have the best medical staffs you know, in the league, and so um, we're definitely not going to do anything to to um, you know hurt PG. Um, even if he does try to come back, and he's not right, then we're not going to let him go because we're not going to let him injure himself and and um, you know make make it worse than what it really is. And so when he comes back. Um, yeah, you always have to protect the player. I mean, you can't be an organization with a reputation of rushing guys back and then they get hurt. Guys aren't going to want to sign with you. It's it, People will look down on your organization. You have to say all of that. But Paul George sounded the other day like he was getting awfully close. Like he was working out and he's, you know, to the point where, where a lot of us think that he may be back for game three. I don't think Ty Lue is saying he's not going to play. He's just no. like, hey, we're not going to risk it. I mean, it's just supporting the player. If Paul George is not ready to play in game three, he's not going to play. Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, if, if, if he's ready to play, he'll play. And so I think that that's what Ty Lue is doing. He's just kind of, you know, setting the, setting the bar. So people understand what the expectations are. And then from our own Kellen Olson, our son's guru at ArizonaSports.com, and he's going to join us a little later on in the show for his weekly visit. Uh, Bismack Biombo told Kellen and others at the, the Suns headquarters that he's going to play. He feels fine. No big deal. So okay. he's good to go. I expected that. He had, he had hinted about that last week. And apparently DeAndre Ayton, um, <laughs> as, he was, as he was walking up to the media scrum after practice, Let's go. It's the bleeping playoffs, man. And he said today's scrimmage felt like a playoff game. He said it was an emotional dogfight with everybody back on the floor today for today's scrimmage. Ain't that something? DeAndre Ayton was, ain't that something? Apparently he was very fired up after today's scrimmage. So, obviously, everybody's very excited about this. Um, John Hollinger, not so much. He's got the Suns losing in the second round but to he the does, Denver Nuggets. So he's got him beating the Clippers. Yes. I went through this with a fine-tooth comb. It was pretty interesting, his, his thoughts and everything on it. But he does have them beating the Clippers, but he has them going six games with the Clippers, and as we know, that's a longer series. But he does like the Denver Nuggets over the Suns in seven games. Mm-hmm. Seven games, and then he's got Denver going on to the NBA Finals where they play the Boston Celtics. So that his, that's his prediction. is going to be It's going to be Boston against Denver in the NBA Finals. And he's got Boston winning. Now, to be fair, first of all, we're big John Hollinger fans. Um, he's a really intelligent NBA writer, and, I, and I, I'm always interested in what he has to say. I'm not, like, holding a grudge because he has the Suns losing in the second round. Yeah, we haven't banned him from the show. No, right oh, now. God, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. John Hollinger, he's got an open invitation. He can come on whenever he wants. Um, he did say, or did write, I should say, when right, he wrote, basically predicted every single series. When predicting the Suns and the Nuggets in the second round, 
He said the winner of this series will win the Western Conference, and I'm extremely torn on who that will be. And he said it's two strong starting lineups, and they're both backed by mostly crossed fingers coming off the bench. And I know we're the Clippers are first, and we're kind of looking ahead a little bit, but we have bigger aspirations around here than, than the Clippers, right? So let's look ahead a little bit and see what people think about the Suns' chances. He writes that no series in the history of the NBA will have a bigger drop-off between the first and the second units than the Suns and the Nuggets will if they are to meet in the second round of the playoffs. He just likes the Nuggets a little bit better because he likes Denver starting five a little bit better than the Suns. And in particular, and I took great note of this, something that you've mentioned a couple of times, he actually likes Denver defensively. Me too. Not so much Jamal, not so much Murray at the one and Jokic at the five, but two, three, four with KCP and Michael Porter Jr. Okay, but Aaron Gordon, he kind of likes their starting five defensively and what they might be able to do. Brown's a good defensive player. Aaron Gordon is one of the better defenders in the league at his position, so he can make it hard on whoever he's guarding. No one can guard Jokic. Nobody. Not even Aiden. Like, nobody can guard Jokic. He's going to get... You can't stop him. So I do think that, and I've said this all along, I mean, I think that's one of the uh, one of the things about Denver. When I said teams that could beat the Suns, I put Denver in my category because it's teams that can defend. Now, overall team defense, yeah. you know, their numbers don't, don't look great overall, but they do have individual defensive players that are pretty good, and that's what you need against the Phoenix Suns. So uh, that's where I think Denver can, you know, Brown's good defensively. Gordon's one of the better defenders in the league. They got guys, KCP, there's some size. They got guys that can guard a little bit. And I do like, if they get Reggie Jackson, you know, played against the Suns in those meaningless games, I always liked him. You always liked him with the Clippers. He's a tough, hard-nosed playoff guy. He might be a big, he might be a, he might be good for them come playoff time in some crunch minutes. Now, again, he says it's going to be close. He says Nuggets in seven. And he does bring up probably the one thing that I would classify as my greatest concern, and there's nothing you can do about it, and he's just worried about the Suns veterans making it through a seven-game series. And I'll cop to it. That's yeah, yeah, As we embark on this journey, you know, you, you want to you, you buy me a drink, and you say, what are you most concerned about? That's what I'm going to tell you. I mean, you don't even have to buy me a drink. It's free. That's what I'm the most concerned about, is that there's just... What, what's the word I've used to describe this plan from the minute they got KD? Fragile. It's a very fragile plan. And if everybody can stay out there, relatively speaking, I love the plan. I love the team. I love the roster. But there's, with Chris Paul and Kevin Durant, there's, a, and even Devin Booker, he had to miss some time last year in the playoffs with a hamstring. Yeah. There's a relative level of fragility to it, and I think you have to respect that if you're a Suns fan. You have I to just, be yeah. cautious of that. I just do think, I do think that their defense is underrated a little bit, and I think that they can defend when it comes down to it. You know, Brown's you know six four. He's got size. Gordon is physical and tough. KCP is six five, so he's got some length to him. And I think on the other end, I mean, he, I, I do think you know Jokic is is somebody that the Suns can't guard. A lot of teams can't guard him. He's just going to be able to get his. Uh, you know, Murray I think is a little bit of a wild card. You know, with how he plays. Yeah. Um, I, I do think he could be a factor in, the, in a series like that. And then you know, Denver home court advantage. Some people still believe that home court advantages mean something. It didn't mean anything for the Suns last year in Game 7. But in Denver, maybe with the altitude, maybe it's a 
factor. Now, again, we're looking ahead a little bit. The Suns still have to get ahead of the Clippers first, and he likes the Suns to beat the Clippers in six. He doesn't sound overly impressed with the Clippers, even with a Paul George, which they might not have, at the, certainly at the start. He's got the Suns advancing past them. He does suggest, and he's very analytical when he does this. He's got his own formula and the math and the analytics and all this stuff. He says, in his opinions, there, there, there's only five teams in his contender class, and the Suns are one of the five. It's the Suns from bottom to top. It's the Suns at five, Philly at four, Denver at three, Boston at two, Milwaukee at one. He says those are basically the, the, would, the would, five contenders. Would you have anybody different than all them, those five? I put Golden State in. I'd there. have Golden State instead of Denver. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I'm. I'd have Golden State instead of Denver. And that'd be my five. I probably would, too. That'd be my five. Yep. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, the first place Arizona Diamondbacks. had to clear my throat for that. The first place Arizona Diamondbacks getting set to start a series in Miami. And our weekly conversation with the skipper, Troy Lovello, is next here on Burns and Gambo. Your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. Welcome back. It is the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, flagship home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're on the road east coast in Miami, taking on the Marlins this afternoon. You'll hear the game on ESPN 620. Joining us right now, as he does every single Friday at 2.30, the manager of the first place Arizona Diamondbacks. We could get used to saying that. Tori Lovello joining us here on the Burns and Gambo show. Tori, what's going on, man? Nothing. Just uh, enjoyed a good off day yesterday, ready to play some baseball. First place D-backs, very exciting. Uh, South Beach in Miami, return to the scene of the crime, I guess. We just to make sure that Madison Bumgarner doesn't have any staring contests with the home, um plate, <laughs> home plate umpire in this one, please. Yeah, you know, that was an unfortunate incident, right? You talk about certain things that don't look good on, on both sides, right? The umpire didn't do his thing, and then Bum obviously reacted the way he, he – uh, on both sides. Bum uh, act, reacting the way he did. But, uh, yeah, it, it was it – was, something that we all learn from. We're going to move off of it. I, you know, to tell you the truth, I keep a very close eye on every interaction now between the umpire and uh, our pitcher walking off the field for that very reason. It was unfortunate it happened. It's in the past, and Bum's ready to start firing away tonight. All right, four consecutive series wins or splits to start the season. Hasn't been done since 18 by this team, um, and that team ended up with a winning record. It was a good season for you guys. Just give me your thoughts. You had a really brutal schedule early. You guys came out of it really well. I agree. We we wouldn't have had it any other way. Not for the way of, of predicting that we're sitting where we are and we were going to win baseball games, but it was just going to be a measuring stick for us. A young team. Um, we're still maturing, and I just wanted to see how we stood up to that. It's you know you're getting to the ring with some of the best fighters, right? And you and and, and the track record indicates as such that will continue. So I wanted to just get there and compare ourselves and see how we stood, and we stood, we stood that challenge. And um, you know we we feel like we can compete every single day. Like, I don't feel like we're going to go 162-0. Nobody will. But each and every day, I feel very strongly we can go out there and win a baseball game. doesn't matter who we're facing. doesn't matter what team, what organization is across the field from us. This team is mature enough now to handle it. We're going to put it on us. We're going to go out and play our game, and it's resulted in a really positive record. We've got a long way to go. But I'll tell you what, for the teams that we were going to play, as you mentioned, to be standing where we are right now feels really good. I want them to enjoy it, but I want them to be ready to play baseball today at 7-10. 
What did you see out of Dre Jameson in that start a couple of days ago, and was there any temptation to see him go a little longer in that start, Tori? Yeah, um, you know, to be honest with you, I saw the first couple innings, and then I stepped away. Obviously, I got thrown out of the game. Yeah, let's not uh, forget. Oh, yes, of course. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to uh, to see a couple innings. I, after I get thrown out, there's a little transition. I, I got to calm down. I end up going to work out a little bit, burn off that energy. So I didn't see his last two innings. But what I did see, he was repeating his delivery. He was maintaining velocity. Uh, he was making pitches when he had to. And he pitched through four innings. The reason why it was cut short is we've got to be extremely careful with all of our athletes, especially our young athletes, our young pitchers with a very, very bright future. We knew quickly that this buildup would happen. It's going to happen. He's going to be extended from what the mid-50s, which we, we we were very comfortable that he could do that in the last start, up to 70, 75 in his next start. And the next thing you know, he's going to be fully loaded. So to me, it was okay to sacrifice early in his first start back to kind of clip him short. We had a full bullpen with a day off the next day. It made a lot of sense to me. And he's going to be healthy and strong and fine iron fastballs for the rest of the year. Listen, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I, I mean, I like him. I think he's a rotation piece going forward for the long haul. If he pitches well, I would assume that you're going to want to keep him in the rotation. And then what do you, what do you think about when Davies is ready to come back? Yeah, it's hard to predict um, that that far in the future. What I ask these guys is to stay in the moment, be present today, not get too far ahead of ourselves. So I, I'm going to go with that as my answer. I just we're gonna we're gonna do what we can to win today. And when Davies comes back, we're gonna be even thicker and, and, and have even more inside of our uh, organization when it comes to starting pitching. Un, unable to predict what could happen. Uh, you know, knock on wood that we don't we don't have any more injuries, but that may be a possibility. You can't get enough starting pitching especially when you're a young team and you're pushing to do things what we're doing. So we love the depth. We want to get Zach healthy. When we get there, we'll cross that bridge. Andrew Chafin has been great for you. Kyle Nelson, too. You guys you guys got the strikeouts. You got the power arms. You got 55 tied for third in the major leagues right now. Overall, I'm sure you're not totally satisfied with the bullpen. You guys have had some blunders. ERA is you know, probably a little bit under five. But just give me your thoughts on this revamped bullpen so far. Yeah, well, uh, you know, there's a strategy to what we did this offseason. Um, Strami, our pitching coach, said, look, we need a little bit more power. The front office said, absolutely. They went out and got some power arms and some, then some experienced arms, such as Andrew Chafin. Uh, and, yeah, we're very pleased with what's going on. To me, what it spells out is that the front uh, the front, the front end guys uh, that are supposed to get the saves and, and protect the leads are doing such. It's that mid to back end uh, um, um, early guy that is not probably holding it the score where it is or giving up some scratch runs because I know those 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 back end guys, I'm sorry, those back end guys such as Andrew Chafin and Kyle Nelson have been throwing the ball extremely well. We gotta have a little bit of balance. We gotta be better in a lot of areas, no doubt about it. There's no perfection to this team. We we're striving for it every single day and it's impossible to get there. But we can keep getting to that level every single day though. Uh, and I want everybody to go in there and just be themselves and fire the baseball where they're supposed to, to get out, so no matter when they're pitching in the game. But I feel very comfortable with what we've done on the back end for the games that we're supposed to win. That's the bottom line. That's what we had to get better at this year, and we have. Yeah, Tori Lovello, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, given the first place start and how exciting the brand has been so, so far, I- I'm curious from your perspective, what do you think you need to get better at? What, what You just talked a second ago about you know, the things you want to improve on. What are some of the things you think this team needs to get better at two weeks into the season, Tori? 
Yeah, one of the things that, that stands out to me more so than any other is we our on-base percentage is, I think, at 313. I, I was looking at some numbers yesterday. And, you know, that's below league average. Our, our hitters are too good to not draw walks and get on base. And, and with our ability to do the things that we've all been talking about and really excited about when it comes to stealing bases and hearing, letting that starting pitcher or the pitcher of the opposing team hear that black noise, we've got to get on base. Plain and simple. We could have beat Corbin Burns the other day, but for, he, we let him we let him kind of waltz through us at 86 pitches or 82 pitches through seven innings. The way you beat Corbin Burns is you grind him out, get him out of the game by the sixth inning because he's throwing 105 pitches. Who cares if he's throwing up zeros? We're going to get your bullpen on that day. I think we can come a little bit more diverse with, with the ability to get on base in different ways other than just hitting the ball in the right spot at the right time with a high velocity. we got to hit the pitch we're looking for, and we don't. Let's check off of it and get on base and create that noise. Our bullpen, certain parts of our bullpen, I feel like a little more depth, That those first guys out, I think they need to be a little bit better. And they're getting their work, and they will be. Our starting pitcher was an early, starting pitching was an early concern for us, but with Zach Gallon and, and Merrill Kelly leading the way, I knew that they were going to turn that around, they have. So a couple of things right there that stick out to mind, but most most importantly, I feel like we've got to be good pitchers. we got to beat guys like Corbin Burns. To get to where we want to get to, we got to find a way to fight through that starting pitcher. Because you're going to get, when you're, we're, when you're, when you're a seven-game series at the back end of, of, of the season, you know you're getting really good starting pitching, right? You want to get through them all, and you got to win four out of, out, of the, out of the seven games you're going to play. we got to be able to beat the best. Listen, we were blown away by how quick Gabriel Moreno's, uh, how quick he's able to pop up and throw runners out. We, we spent half the show the other day just, you know, just talking about, you know, when he, he threw that third runner out, he was three for three. You look at the history of this game. Pud Rodriguez, nobody ran on him. Thurman Munson, Johnny Bench, Jim Sundberg, Yachty, more recently with the Cardinals. Is Moreno that type of guy where teams are going to look at the advanced stats and say, we don't want to run on this guy? I have to believe so. I don't know him that well. He's just been brought over to organization. I've had, you know, seven weeks of spring training where I've really gotten a chance to zone in on him and watch him play baseball games. Um, I've seen it for now 13 games in the regular season. I have no reason to believe that he isn't going to be everything that we, we've seen. So still getting to know him, but everything that I like so far, everything that I've seen so far, I really like. It is a catch and throw. It is a release, and it is extremely accurate with a lot of velocity. So there's work that goes on behind the scenes with him getting drills from from Jeff Bannister. They were out there throwing today. Nobody knew what was happening at 2:30 on the ball field here in Miami. They were he he and Jose Herrera were thrown to bases, um, and the pitchers are also doing their job. That's that's a two punch combo there. The pitchers are delivering the ball to home plate. Those are little things that we worked on at nauseum during spring training because we knew with the bigger bases and the and the and the dis- uh, disengagement rules the teams had the potential to run. So we wanted to, to limit those looks, and when you ran, you were going to get thrown out. And he's helped us get out of some big innings by making some good throws. All right, leave me with this. you got a really young baseball team. How jacked up were those guys to see Kevin Durant watching you, your team play and then wearing the Corbin Carroll jersey? Yeah, I, you know what? I didn't know until the seventh inning, but there, it had already gone through. I, I, I'm such a dope during the game. I'm just watching what's going on in front of me. But behind me, these, these kids were already cycling through it, and they were all excited. So I kind of reengaged uh, and, 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 and got everybody excited again after I found out in the seventh inning. And I'm like, I cannot believe, A, that he's there um, uh, with campaign, which is who's great. He's been to several of our games. But KD's in the stands. And I looked a little closer and said, Who, whose jerseys does he have on? And I thought it was Corbin 
Robin Carroll's, and I'm like, oh, my God, that is fantastic. That'll never get old. That's a beautiful thing. So we welcome those guys. KD, from what we understand, supports the other teams inside of the city that he's in. He picked a good one in Corbin Carroll for sure. All right, I'm going to sneak in one last one because you, you inspired me. In the all-time history of the world, who would Tori Lovello have freaked out if he saw that guy was wearing Tori Lovello's jersey? Who would you have freaked out uh, about to see, oh, my God, that guy's wearing my jersey? Hundred percent, hundred percent. The old skyhook had to be Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> right, so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting in the front row wearing a Tori Lovello jersey, and you're freaking out. I love it, Tori. We know you got a game to manage. Go do it. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. All right, boys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Skip. That's Troy Lovello uh, joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Texas, your thoughts, as always, on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Last night, another cryptic social media message caught our attention. What could it mean? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, we have yet to chat with Eric Ruby back there in the Auction Community Studios. He's got our poll question today. Rubes, what's going on? Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday. Always lonely back here without you guys. Always oh, lonely. Oh, I think you'll make do just fine. You just us. you just missed free gelato. <laughs> you did. Man. That's yeah, tough. I can't lie. That's that. That's a hard one to, to swallow right there. Yeah. I, I have gelato coursing through my veins now. It feels like it's going to be a great show today. I treated everyone for gelato. It was really good. It you guys think you can, like, DoorDash it back here or something? You think it's going to melt? <laughs> maybe. Maybe we can. Maybe we can. Thank you for the gelato, Gambo. Uh, what do you got for a poll question today for Well, us, guys, it's Friday, and the Suns start the playoffs on Sunday against the Clippers. I got to ask you for your prediction. How many games and who? Who wins this series? Suns and six. Suns and five. Mm. The way that we... I'll give them one game. I'll give them one game. The way we split this up is Suns and four and five, Suns and six and seven, then Clippers and four and five, Clippers and six or seven. And leading the way rather significantly at 55% is Suns and four or five. In second place at 38.3% is Suns and six and seven, which means that accumulating only a total of 6.7% total is Clippers in any amount of games. That is not a surprise, but um, we'll see. I think this one's going to be a little bit tougher than people think. And I've got to win. I think this one's going to be a little tougher than people think. Yeah, I've got one more quick one for you guys. It's an over under because I know flavor. Favorite flavor. It is not because that's just rubbing it in even more. All right, what do you got? How many games do you think Paul George will play in the first round? It's an over under, and the line is set at one and a half. Over. Really? Over. One and a half? Yeah, yeah, of course. If he's back by three, it means he's playing three and four at least. Yeah, he's, he's fine. Yeah. I, did, give me the over. Oh, just Paul George. Paul George. Paul oh, George. I thought it was Chris Paul. Yeah, no, Paul like, George. Why are, you, why are you saying Chris Paul ain't going to play, man? <laughs> Paul George. Why are you saying that about Chris Paul? Paul George. Paul One George. and a half. Yeah. I think he's back in game three. I'll say over. Yeah, over. Give me the over. 60.2%. Rolling with the under 1.5, 39.8% say over a game and a half for Paul George. All right, if it's under, if it's under 1.5, I changed my vote in the previous question. Give me Suns in five. Suns in five. I, I, give me Suns in five if it's under. If, if Paul George barely plays a game, 
Um, Suns got a Suns in five, but I think I, I think Paul George will come back and he'll give him a little bit of a lift, and that'll make it a little bit tougher for him. But uh, we'll see. Starts on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Uh, all right, that's poll question. Poll questions. You can find them both on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. We got a couple of minutes to talk about this. It happened at the end of our show yesterday. There's been some speculation that perhaps the reason for Buddha's cryptic Michael Jordan and I took that personally gif tweet last night was because he's looking to redo his contract and it's been met with resistance. Nobody knows for sure. Could be. Nobody knows exactly what it is, but but it's I, I liked what Jess Root wrote about this this morning on Cardswire.com. Anytime a player does this with their social media account, it's not nothing. There's something going on. I don't know totally. what it is, but it's not nothing yeah. when a player does this. No, it makes a lot of sense that it could be the contract. Like, look, if I'm going to have to play for this team where we're winning three games a year for the next couple of years, I need to get paid some more money. I want my contract redone. And a player like Buddha, you know, two years left on the deal, he's probably looking at that saying, okay, let's extend me. Let's add a couple more years on there. I mean, I'm the heart and soul guy. I mean, you're getting rid of everybody else. Like, I'm the, I'm the face of this franchise right now. And I think he is the face of the franchise. You know, Fitz is gone. J.J. Watt is gone. And a lot of players are gone. So I think he's the face, even more so than Kyler Murray. Yeah, did you see Kyler last night at the Coyotes game? He was rocking a sweet Diamondbacks no. World Series lid from 2001. But did he get booed? Apparently he got booed a little bit. He got booed. Now, according to people in the building, there were some there were some boos mixed in with the cheers. Yeah. Wow. Which I don't get. It's not a good thing understand. when, you're, when you're, your home team's quarterback gets booed at other sporting events. <laughs> I just don't That's not it. a good sign going yeah. forward. No, it's not. Um, I, I tell you what, the Buddha thing, and again, we talked about this a little bit towards the end of our show, but I wouldn't blame anybody if you, if you didn't catch it. Uh, not only did he send out the Michael Jordan gif, he also changed his Twitter bio. Now, I don't know if he's changed it back, but he took the AZ out of his Twitter bio. He took the picture of him in a Cardinals uniform <clears throat> out of his Twitter bio and just replace it with a generic picture. We've kind of seen stuff like this before. Is that like a kid having a temper tantrum when they do this? I don't know. Does, does, is it almost like a kid having a temper tantrum? Who do those strike you as the kind of guy who would... No, but why, but why do that stuff then? I, like, I don't why, know. Why, but, why, why like a kid? Uh, All you're doing is show... That's your way of showing your anger with something that's going on. Yeah. Is I'm gonna I'm not going to have a picture of me on there. I'm going to take AZ out of it. Oh, and I, I, the photo was me of a cardinal. Now it's me in a in a black shirt and jeans like that's your way of the, you know instead of voicing your anger a little bit of a temper tantrum you do it yeah, yeah. a little bit exactly little bit. we'll keep an eye on this one the national media picking up on it i saw ian rapaport tweeted about it we'll talk more about buddha baker in that situation first we got a d-backs game to get you ready for arizona sports the home of arizona diamondbacks baseball we're checking in on the Diamondbacks as they warm up for the game's first pitch. D-backs on deck. Brought to you by Sonic Drive-In. Drive into your nearest Sonic location for the Super Sonic Double Stack Cheeseburger. For a limited time, only at Sonic. And by 72 Sold. 72 Sold. Get a higher price for your home. First place, Arizona Diamondbacks in South Beach today. First to three against the Miami Marlins on the road. The game will be on ESPN 620. It starts at about 3.40 this afternoon. And your pitching matchup for tonight's opener, today's opener, if you will, for the Marlins, lefty Trevor Rogers gets the start. He's 0-2 with an ERA of 6. 
Madison Bumgarner had his start pushed back a couple days so he could get a little extra rest. He gets the start. He's 0-1 with a 7-2-7 ERA. Yeah, Rogers last time out, he gave up four hits, three runs, and four and two-thirds. They lost to the Mets 5-2. to He's got to be a little bit better. Their pitching as a whole has not been good. They've given up about five, a little bit over five runs a game. Opponents are hitting 249 against them uh, this year. They're 5.09 ERA, 24th, and their whip is 13th. So they've had some struggles with their pitching. But they're going for their third straight win. They, they lost the opener against the Phillies, bounced back and won two in a row against them. Where the D-backs, D-backs are going for their sixth win in seven games if they can get this one today. Have not lost a series so far to start this season. And, of course, a lot of eyes on Mad Bum tonight to see how he responds with a little bit of extra rest and what's been two really shaky starts so far this season. Your injury report for this weekend series is brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the suicide and crisis lifeline. At this point for the Arizona Diamondbacks, your injuries, Carson Kelly and Kyle Lewis, both on the injured list, as is Zach Davies, Joe Mantiply, Corbin Martin, Mark Melanson, and Cole Sulcer. Uh, Mantiply expected back very, very soon. Kyle Lewis, uh, maybe, but he is also going to go on an injury rehab when he gets back, so he might be a little while longer. Your MLB standings, and they're presented by Desert Wholesale Diamond. Desert Wholesale Diamond, honored to be a part of your big life moments for over 32 years. We mentioned the first place Arizona Diamondbacks, 8-5 and five in the National League West, a full one-game lead over the L.A. Dodgers. Of course, it's very early to be looking at that, looking at any of this, really, but Dodgers are 7-6. and six. The Padres, 7-7. Seven and seven. Read a good story today about Fernando Tatis lighting things up down there in the minors for San Diego. He is close. close. Yeah. yeah. I saw last week some minor league pitcher ripped him after he hit a home run yeah. off of him. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Call, call him a bunch of, like, yeah. cheater or something like that. But Tatis is raking, and I believe he is scheduled to have a suspension end when the Padres play the Diamondbacks next weekend at home. His first game is back for San Diego. Could be against the D-backs. Yeah, so. that lineup will be real dangerous once he gets back. No doubt about it. Let's get you a key to tonight's game. Listen, man, I need you to be the key master. I am the key master. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs, keys to the game. Driven by trucks only, the Valley's number one independent dealer and home of the lifetime engine warranty. Well, I would say for Madison Baumgartner, don't, you know, don't, what if the umpire is caressing your hand in between innings, don't stare him in the eyes and get kicked out of the game. That's what happened the last time he pitched in South Beach. But here's your key. Neither Rodgers or, or Baumgartner have been able to get out of the fifth inning in a start this year. So the key is whichever starting pitcher can go deeper in the game, that's your winner. Okay. Uh, I, although I do like Don't the, caress. Don't caress yes. Mad Bum's hands if, he's, if you're the home plate umpire. Yes. I had forgotten that that was in Miami. Don't look but. him in the eyes when he's caressing. Pressing your hand. Mm-hmm. That's a, always a good key to the game. When we come back on the Birds and Gambo show, it's, uh, we come back, bold predictions, favorite first-round matchups, predicting who's going to win the whole thing. All sorts of opinions about the Suns on the eve of the playoffs. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show.